Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM. This is the session. I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And we are going to continue, hopefully finish. Right. I mean, come on. We've only got two to do today. (laughs) Only two items. If we don't burn out, we ought to be able to do it. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) We're going to wrap up our conversation about burnout and hopefully provide you some encouragement today as well. Before we get into things here, Tom, let's just first of all say thank you for the feedback. Uh, We've been getting comments, and and Tom has been hearing from patients that they're hearing the session and that things are beneficial. Yes. So we we appreciate that greatly. And if there is a topic you would like us to cover on the session, whether it's a family issue, a faith issue, or some other type of thing, we'd be glad to hear from you. You can just uh, let me know, Scott, at risefmohio.com, and we can go over it and see if it's a topic we feel comfortable and led to cover. So before we dive back into burning out. That's right. Before we jump into the fire, <laughs> let's take a look at God's Word, Tom. Well, and Scott, let's do that. Out of Jeremiah 31 and verse 25, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. That's our God's promise to us. Yes. When I was going through seminary, one of my theme verses, because I worked the hardest I've ever worked in my life through seminary, I had basically an 80-hour work week. So that's a great formula for burnout. (laughs) And so the passage was our God's eagle's wings in Isaiah 40, 31. Yeah. That there were times when I really needed him to carry me through, you know, the the very challenging things that I faced. Right. Right. And there's so much that you need to do when you're going through all that education and trying to have a family and a marriage and all that. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's start, Tom, with just a little bit of a, a little bit of a refresher by just defining what burnout is. Well, and Scott, so burnout is a psychological syndrome. It's emerging as a prolonged response to chronic and interpersonal stressors on the job. Three key symptoms are overwhelming exhaustion, feelings of cynicism. And detachment from the job. Now, Scott, neither one of us are cynical, right? No, me? No, 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 no. Not unless we're alone or with somebody. That's right, unless I'm breathing. (laughs) Yeah, it's also common to feel a sense of ineffectiveness and a lack of accomplishment. All right, right, so so. that kind of puts you in the starting point of what we're talking about. Right. Last week, we covered the first of three points from the Harvard Business Review, and that is overload burnout, which occurs when you work harder and more frantically to achieve success to the detriment of your health and your personal life. So you can go back uh, to last week's episode to catch up on that if that is you. Number two. And maybe before we do number two, Scott. Yes. Let's distinguish between burnout as it is 
uh, interpersonal stressors on the job versus personal burnout is a state of, a, of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress that a person would experience. So it occurs and you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet con- constant demands. It also occurs with an individual and doesn't have enough time to be physically active or able to spend adequate time resting mentally. If you can't rest mentally in key areas like relationships, spiritually retreating and connecting with our God, having personal space to maybe have recreation, otherwise known as golf. (laughs) (laughs) Should have known that was coming, shouldn't I? Yeah, that was that. That was that uh, bright light that just jumped up as a train. Yeah, <laughs> should have known that was coming. You All are right. correct. So yeah, dealing with both of those is what's coming out of this from Harvard Business Review. And uh, number two, this is something you may see if you have a child that is a gifted child or just gifted people in general. This may be something they deal with. It's the under-challenged burnout. That's right, Scott. And so you might be surprised to find out that burnout can result from doing too little. I'd like to try it. Uh, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be fun to try that, yeah. <laughs> An under-challenged burnout could be considered the opposite of the overload subtype. It occurs when you're bored and not stimulated by your job, which leads to a lack of motivation. People with under-challenged burnout may feel unappreciated and become frustrated because their role lacks learning opportunities, room for growth, or meaningful connection with coworkers and leaders. So they're capable, Scott, of feeling things like their tasks are are monotonous. It's like, oh, I guess going through the motions. How many times can you push that button at the factory? Yeah. 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 Yeah, And fulfilling, uh, they tend to lose passion. They become cynical and lethargic. The lethargic, I can relate to. I don't, but I didn't get enough sleep. I think night. that's old. I think yeah. that's just the getting old thing. We just, it's just <laughs> your get up and go just seems to get up and go a lot slower. And it got up and left. It got, yeah, it gets up and leaves a lot quicker and starts a lot slower. So coping with the stress of being under challenged through they do it through avoidance, distraction, dissociation, or thought suppression, which again can lead toward if it's not treated depression. Okay. I hadn't, th- I hadn't thought about that in the long run. Right. Yeah. All right. So what are some signs we should watch for here in the under-challenged burnout? Well, I think it'd be important to work on assignments and tasks are challenging. You feel like your job does not offer opportunities to develop your abilities. And, and so you feel that your current role is hampering your ability to advance and develop your talents. And so it's... I know I've got more in me, but I can't show it based on what I'm doing right now. So it's like taking the job just to get your foot in the door. Right. And then finding out that your foot is stuck in the door. Oh, yeah. Good luck with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got. I'm, I was thinking about the person that just had that, got that first job out of college and they've got a degree in X. Right. But they're really doing kind of a Y. Mm-hmm. And the boss can't see that that's what's going on. And right. you just kind of sit there and languish. Right. Well, yeah, and when you talk about college and that whole scene, just uh, maybe a little side rabbit hole. You're picking a rabbit hole? Can you believe that? I need to get this on a Google calendar somewhere. (laughs) Okay, Tom's rabbit hole. All right, let's hear it. Uh, I'm getting more and more concerned. I think something has to happen between the price of college and the fact 
that more people apparently are headed toward trades and things like that and not necessarily attending because colleges are really hurting financially. And because of COVID in the pandemic, when they realize, hey, we can be educated at home on the, online, some of these big fancy buildings that you know we pay as alumni to help them build and, and contribute to are sitting empty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And and there and there's been such a need for trades yeah. people uh-huh. for so long now that now it's finally catching up and people are going, Oh wait, I can go a hundred thousand dollars in debt and spend four years there, or I can go do this and make thirty dollars an hour right now. Right. I get that. I understand that. The one big piece that I still want to sink my teeth deep into is that our God has a plan for us. And if it it requires education to fulfill that plan, then we still go forward. We still fulfill it because I honestly believe we would not feel complete. We will not feel motivated and content if we don't do that. So then there's a rabbit hole inside the rabbit hole. Oh, cool. See, I don't know that we've done this. Hey, this is good. The rabbit hole in the rabbit hole. This really falls back on guidance counselors, parents, Mm -hmm. and really, and teachers to some extent to kind of pick up a kid's strengths or where God seems to be leading them, which is why things like going to a Christian school can be beneficial because now you have teachers that can be looking out for your spiritual health as well as your academic health. For sure. And there's an incredible, incredible need for that. Yeah. And there happens to be one right on the other side of that wall. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) that's right. So, okay. So back to the track now of the under-challenged burnout. How do we address it? Well, great question. So Glad I asked it, are you? I sure am. (laughs) Man, I thought we'd never get there. (laughs) Bless your heart. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so here, I got a great idea, Scott. Okay. This is going to sound like me. Okay. That we lower the stakes, or otherwise known as lowering expectations. That does, yes. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in that. By simply exploring your curiosities, here's a great idea. Set a goal to learn a new skill in the next 30 days to kickstart your motivation. So if you're feeling under-challenged, then allow yourself to think about something you'd like to learn more about. Not sure what that would be for me, but learning something. And to some degree, I'm sorting part of that out in my own personal life of things like growing more in my heart's desire to write. Yeah. Well, I've actually begun to study how there's, there's actually materials online about how to be a successful writer well, it could be asking to be cross-trained. Uh-huh. We as what we call it in radio, you just want instead of just being this air personality, you're like, "Hey, can I learn how to do some of that production you do? Maybe yeah. I can help you do that." And that's why I like interns. Uh-huh. Because in college students in general are not taught what I do mm-hmm. from from the production standpoint of radio. So I can get an intern in here that says, well, yeah, I've, I'm interested, but I don't really know what it's involved. Uh-huh. Well, I sit them down right in front of the computer, and I get their hands dirty, and they're doing production. Okay. And that's what Callie, the intern, is doing this summer. She is getting her hands dirty, and she's producing this show. Uh, yeah. And I think she's doing production that she had not been doing, so I was, I'm trying to challenge her that way. 
uh-huh. and then trying to challenge her in writing. So maybe those are things that, that you can go to the boss and say, hey, is there right. something I can learn about that over there? For sure. Even in a factory setting, you know, if you're in food service, mm-hmm. oh, heavens to Murgatroyd, when I managed mm-hmm. food service, if I had somebody that was cross-trained on grill mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. helping on the serving line and they could help in the kitchen a little bit yeah i could schedule that person all the live long day but if i yeah. had a person that could only stand there and scoop out the mashed potatoes well that made it a little bit harder uh, yeah you know so yeah d- don't be afraid to ask to be cross-trained definitely a good idea yeah and so perhaps you can spend an hour or two a week learning doing that cross-training that will help and the idea is maybe you feel a little more encouraged then a little more challenged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So as we move on here with our final point. Uh-oh. All right. We're going we're gonna to get there. <laughs> all right. So as we're going through burnout today, and we started last week with the overworked burnout. Now it's under-challenged burnout, and now there is neglect burnout. Yeah. And so the final type, Scott, of burnout is the worn-out type, uh, subtype. This is called neglect burnout. Because it can result from feeling helpless in the face of challenge. You feel helpless. And so neglect burnout occurs when you aren't given enough structure. You don't have direction or guidance in the workplace. You may find it difficult to keep up with demands or otherwise feel unable to meet expectations. So over time, this can make you feel incompetent, frustrated, and uncertain. If you don't aren't given the tools, how are you going to pull it off? Or if you have the tools and they don't know they exist. Right. Over a period of time, that gets very frustrating. So the boss that says, yeah, go in there, there's, your, there's, there's the machine, go in and run it. Right. Without any training or anything. Right. Can be a real problem. That's true. Back when I was in seminary, I had a job that... A 40-hour-a-week job of being a drug and alcohol prevention specialist in Richland County. First day on the job, the executive director said, well, when you get here, come in my office. And so I did. And she said, see that box over in the corner? That's your program right there. You take it from there and you do whatever you want with it. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) So here I'm twiddling my fingers going, prevention specialist what do i want to see happen and yeah it was very challenging to start with right um it would have been nice to say you know maybe here's what's happened this is what we've done this is what we're looking for no it's all yours (laughs) well but praise the lord it turned out to be pretty good good yeah okay so what the worn out worker if you're you're one of these that are dealing with neglect burnout and you know you're not given and and that's a hard thing in management is I never want to over-structure somebody. I don't want to micromanage them. Right. But I don't want to be the one that just points to the studio and says, go, either. Right. There's yeah. got to be a middle ground from a manager perspective where you've got to – Right. this comes to knowing your people. You And to get them started and point them in a direction to where they feel comfortable enough and motivated enough that they can start, I think, is huge. And then you stay out of their way. And when they're successful... You celebrate the success. Yes. Yes. How about that? Way to go, Scott. We got it again. (laughs) Yes. I love... And and I love that about what we're doing is it seems like there's always a way to celebrate success. Yes. And we're designed for that because it touches those emotions inside of us that our God created us with. Yeah. That's one of those questions I got to ask when I get to heaven. Okay. 
why did we have to have all these oxens and osens and docens and tosens and little damsy divies? Uh, That's true. We just had simple words for things yeah. for simple people like me. All right, some signs to watch for for neglect burnout. So neglect burnout occurs, we've talked about it, because of structure or direction or guidance is not there. So let's begin, Scott, as you said, to look at some of them. Signs to watch for, you stop trying when your work situations don't go as planned. It's just like I have got no motivation to do squat. I, I don't want I don't want to be involved. Don't don't ask me. I don't I don't want to. Your respond in response to obstacles or setbacks you face at work, they're just too overwhelming. You, or you're afraid to fail? Yeah. Afraid it, of criticism? It could be. So if criticism and failure is on one end, those people who may still have motivation, but fear this is a Thomism we've used before. We, we have. Yeah. Fear is the great paralyzer. Fear of failure, they don't want to try because they fear that they could fail. So it's also true, and it's also been said, there's the fear of success. I'm really afraid of that because, you know, what if I try and I don't get it? Or what if I get it and then they put me somewhere I can't succeed? Uh, there. Yeah, so it can so, kind of go both ways, can't it? Right. So you have obstacles that set you back and you face at work and you just don't want to do it. You don't. You feel demoralized when you get up in the morning and have to face another day at work. It's like, oh, yeah, another day. Gee, surely there's something I could do instead. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> so let's kind of break that down. Let's, let's right. take our second rabbit hole here and dive in just a little bit. So let's say you're the one going through neglect burnout. You don't feel like you're going to get anywhere at your job. You you might look into being cross-trained into something else, and that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Or you get sent into a track that is just a further degradation of, away from where your passion might lie. Uh -huh. But I, I don't want to say the instant response to this is, go find another job. Right. What kind of advice can we give here to this person that's dealing with this today? All right. We want to help them identify how have they been successful. And and maybe they can sink their teeth into some of that as they begin to sort through it. Or just to help them understand and come alongside and support what is it about this that has you so paralyzed and you're not moving forward with it. So the whole idea of how your feelings are associated with what you do. To feel content, you would have to feel, there's that word again, some call it the F word. <laughs> no, yeah. feel is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there has to be something there that you feel really good about, and that helps drive you. That's what's so important is, you know, it feels so good to be able to impact what people or to wrap your head around a, an outcome, a goal that you want to see accomplished, maybe for the sales manager that wants to see his team have a record year or wants to see them be very successful for the company. Well, you know what? If they do, they're going to feel better. And you make sure you celebrate that when they do it. Yeah. But then that also goes back to setting smaller goals along the way. Right. To put them in a place to be successful where at the end, the ultimate goal is achieved. Right. So we would call those short-term goals, goals of the week, and goals of the day. 
one of the most powerful change strategies I've ever experienced. That's that's kind of the theme behind the old. I used to have a Franklin planner. Uh huh. And that, that allowed you to set daily goals and weekly goals and short term goals, and you had places to track those. Right. Back in seminary, I lived by that. Yeah. Because of that eighty hour work week that I had, I had my assignments or my things at work I needed to do put in there. If I'm going to be doing a presentation, it was in there. Also, the subjects I had in seminary, I had color-coded. Now, that was pretty Oh, it's not you two. <laughs> oh, good grief. Angie and Jedi in every staff meeting, they come in with, they don't come in with a laptop. They don't come in with an iPad. They come in with a planner book and a cup full of colored pens. <laughs> I like it. What really hurt was one day when we were going through what I needed, and I, and she said, okay, so, Scott, you're pink. I'm pink? Can't I be blue? Please? Nope. Today you're pink. I've already written it down. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. I'm pink. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and every assignment in seminary, if it were orange that day or that for that course, every assignment was in orange or highlighted in orange. So that when I got to that time when I could study, I would look at that that color, and that was one class. So that was very helpful to me. But see, I am more right-brained and more creative, where some people, the left-brained folks would go, well, that's really silly. Why would you do that? What and, a waste of time. Just give right, me a pen. Right. I've I got my syllabus right here. What's your problem? Right. You know? So anyway, that Franklin Planner, I still remember, it was... And I live by it. The first day of class, I filled out every assignment for that class in my Franklin planner. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we went through that. All right. So when it comes to neglect burnout here, Tom, how do we address it? Well, Scott, let's find ways to regain a sense of agency over our role, Try, trying to create a to-do-don't list. In other a words, to don't list. You're right. Don't do this or or this because it would help fuel burnout. Okay. Yeah. What can you do, or, or what can you get off of your plate? By this is great. This this to me is I want to live by this. Outsourcing, delegating, or delaying. Look for obligations you need to say no to altogether, and then hone the skill of setting stronger boundaries. So when you say, you know, no, and that you're okay with, I can't do it. Well, burnout can also be fed by poor boundaries. Or no boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One definition some people use of stress is when your mouth is saying, oh, yeah, I can do it. And your stomach's going, no way, don't dare. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Very much. So a great place to start is by identifying situations where you feel an intense sense of resentment and then might want to understand what's causing that resentment. Mm -hmm. This is an emotional signal that you need to put healthier limits in place. Well, yeah, you do, because otherwise you're living with this sore. Right. The resentment piece would be about you just go on living day in and day out with someone standing on your your big toe. And it hurts, and you just keep right on going, and they continue to stand on it. And you're like, well, you know, eventually that's going to bother you, and if you're going to do something, and you're not, it's not going to be pleasant. You got to do something about it because if somebody's standing on your toe, you can't move. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 
I like this last thing that, that's really bolded and underlined here. Likewise, consider talking to your boss about your workload. You know, yeah. How Tell them how you're feeling. Now, this will depend, of course, on your relationship with your boss and right. how comfortable are you doing that. Right. You know, and is it going to play a negative role in your potential for advancement if that's your goal? True. Yeah. And it also, as they go on to say, you could explain how you're currently spending your time and ask, are my priorities consistent with yours? So now that makes more sense. Mr. Boss, this is what I'm doing. Can you think of something that is not as important so that I can maybe reduce some of my workload because, you know, I'm in here on Saturday afternoon and I'm here late on, uh, throughout the week. I'm wanting to try and do better time management. So essentially you're saying, I got all this on my plate without saying I've got all this on right. my plate. Is there something that I need to take off of it? Right. And, yeah. and am I doing the things, am I putting the priorities in the right place? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so if one of our office staff came in my office and said that, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I would be more than happy to talk to him about it. Yeah. On occasion, a couple of them have, and, you know, it's about, well, let's let's look at the team concept that we have going on in the office staff team and see how maybe we could reassign some responsibilities. Okay. Yeah. So there you have it. The strategies of burnout from the Harvard Business Review. <laughs> you gotta say that the right way, like you're about to get on a yacht in a white linen suit or something. If you're you're sitting here and you're thinking about this, and you you know what that does kind of sound like me, or I you know I really know somebody at work that's going through that. If you're a manager, right? You know, be proactive about it. Sit down and talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we would encourage you to do, because Harvard is not going to encourage you to do this, is to go before God and ask him. Why not? You know, sometimes you may just have your emphasis on the wrong syllable <laughs> with what you're doing, and just maybe your priority spiritually is in the wrong place, and this is God's way of kind of redirecting you a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes that may mean sitting down with a counselor like Tom, who's a believer and can you know, give you some guidance in that. How can they get with you to start a conversation? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And remember, you can always get more episodes, catch up on what we're doing here on the session on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.